0: Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hello, everybody. Hello and welcome. This is Cop On Podcast, back after a little hiatus, but absolutely delighted to be joined by Reds around the world. We've got Abdul with us. We've got Fergus with us. But before we get going, I'm going to read you uh, the first couple of stanzas from one of my favourite poems um, by Dylan Thomas. And it goes like this. The force that through the green fuse Drives the flower, drives my green age. That blasts the roots of trees Is my destroyer. And I am dumb to tell the crooked rose My youth is bent by the same wintry fever. The force that drives the water through the rocks Drives my red blood, That dries the mouthing streams Turns mine to wax. And I am dumb to mouth unto my veins How, at the mountain's spring, The same mouth sucks. Abdul, um, the force that drives, you know, that through the green fuse drives the flower, drives my green age. It's a poem I I, I love for so many reasons, Um, but it's about being in, in, in touch with the forces of nature and the fact that as humans, we are part of nature. And sometimes you can feel it and you can feel alive and you can feel the forces of nature and being part of it. And in this run, this run towards four glorious trophies, this unprecedented run in which Jurgen Klopp's beautiful rocket reds have been fighting and playing and winning matches and qualifying for all kinds of things. And already we've got one in the bag. It's making me feel really alive. How the devil are you, Abdul?
1: I feel very alive as well, Owen. It's uh, an an incredible time to be alive for us, the Reds, marching on. Nowhere we go. I mean, there's nowhere that we cannot go, basically. I mean, we're, we're charting uncharted territories at this moment in time. And if everything does work out, how it will work out, inshallah, touch wood, all of that. I mean, this is simply the beginning of... A very very magical period not the beginning to be honest it started probably when Klopp walked through the doors many years ago but yeah i mean what we're doing right now is just totally bonkers and yeah we should all enjoy it as much as possible
0: you're absolutely right. Jürgen himself said, uh, you know, we shouldn't take anything for granted. He was saying how happy he was, Fergus, after that crazy match against Benfica, just how happy he was. That was his first answer to the first question in in the uh, post-match press conference. Um, uh, Jurgen's right. I mean, we can't take anything. We've got to be happy with being in the semi-final of the Champions League. We've got to be really happy with everything that's going on. Um, when you think of this Liverpool team, Fergus, you know, when you think of Jurgen, um, what 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 emotions or what thoughts immediately come to mind?
2: Um, I think there's a there's a famous. Is it a movie uh, or? There was a famous act, a high wire act. Uh, I think it was done in New York in the 1990s. Um, From what I recall, a movie made about it. It's a true story. A Frenchman, he threw up a a cable, a wire cable between two tall things. I don't think he had any permission to do it, uh, but there was a film crew there and he got his pole for balancing and he walked from one tall building to the other without any safety rope or cable and that's the image that comes to mind with liverpool at the moment it's a high wire act where the um, the glory is indescribable but the uh, but also the the the, the, uh, the danger and the risk is ever present uh, and that's how liverpool are playing right now and <laughs> I mean, you, there's so many examples of that. Um, last night, Benfica selection, the back four or three of the back four that wouldn't be first choices, and that really showed with the um the amount of um, uh, basically we we gave away. What, four goals? Two of them were offside, two weren't, I can't re- quite recall. But anyway, the, the, the offside trap wasn't quite working as, as well as it should have. Up against Darwin Nunez, who, by the look of it is could can destroy anyone. Um, you know, Haaland was the, the name on everyone's tongue, but he's been injured a lot. And uh, this guy, Nunez, looks like a real phenomenon. You know, the amount of goals he's scoring, he's like a cross... Between Suarez and Cavani, you know, but Suarez' street fighting attitude and Cavani's sort of long limbs and you know range, left and right and down the middle. Most of all, it's his attitude, isn't it? You know, his, his never say die attitude. And you know, I'm sure Liverpool are playing close attention to him. Yeah.
1: Hopefully.
2: So yeah, I suppose it's the higher wire act for Liverpool. I, I, yeah, I don't think we've played um, as. I think we have um I was making the point to you earlier, Owen, a couple of times that we have we have yet to beat a a really big, big team. We drew with mystery with Chelsea twenty in the top in at all this season. That's my opinion anyway. That's why I'm saying it's a high wire act, you know. We are <coughs> we're on we're in that space exactly between the the two buildings on the high wire we're still alive we're still on the wire but it could go either way
0: I got most of that answer but then my my wife I decided to to conk out yeah. towards the end but yes I mean we've got lots to talk about 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 uh, yes so uh, <clears throat> about your point about beating uh you know yeah. um challengers I mean we we beat Inter Milan they were pretty good Benfica I mean they're third in their league but they're a good team you know we've beaten uh you know a I don't know, yeah, Arsenal don't count anymore, but we've, uh, it's true, I mean, we beat, uh, but we beat Man United, no, they don't count. Everton don't count, of course they don't. Uh, We beat Porto, top of their league, of course, we beat them twice, but you, you know, Atletico Madrid, at the beginning of the season, you don't count these teams, Fergus? teams we have vanquished?
2: Um, No, I wouldn't say they're the top, I, I meant the absolute um, top teams in Europe, you know, we've played Man City twice, Chelsea twice, um, uh, you know, and we haven't, you know, the, the, the very top teams in Europe, Atletico are what, fifth or seventh in the league this time? Fifth, I think, in their league. So, okay, I think, yeah, they did win the Catalan Liga last season. So, um, but they haven't been good this season. I think what I'm putting it down to, Owen, oh, and what I'm pointing at is my disappointment to big games, you know. I was actually at the Chelsea game where we drew, um, was it 2-2 at the beginning of the yes. season? Or mm-hmm. 1-1, I don't remember. It was, it was a draw, but they went down to 10 men very early on. It was a very disappointing performance and result uh, for me. And I was also, I actually happened to be at the Benfica first leg as well in in Lisbon, which was a good performance, we did well in that. Um, But also the two two Man City games we've played, I was disappointed with the one last weekend where we drew. Um, So yeah, it's been, I just think that in the top, we really need to prove it. That we can beat this season, we need to show we have we we have the ability to get over those big sides. We did beat Chelsea in the League Cup mm. final, but that was on penalties. So over 90 mm-hmm. minutes, we haven't beaten any, you know, the top three or four, which is something we were doing a few years ago under Jürgen Klopp.
0: It's a very interesting point. Yeah, it is a very interesting point. Um Abdul, there is, there is something about that. I was thinking about it earlier. I mean, Klopp's record against Guardiola, Klopp's record against Manchester City is not um, great. I mean, he, he won his first match at the Etihad uh, 4-1, um, which is, you know, an almost unforgettable match when Bobby Firmino, no one knew that he could play the number nine. Uh, and it was a classic Bobby Firmino performance. And we, we are going to go on to talk about Bobby because uh, I just can't help myself but uh, talk about him and just think how 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 amazing that guy is but um there is something about you know like uh, there's um there's a book by Will self where all of the uh, world everybody turns into a, a chimpanzee and humans struck humans structure their societies exactly like chimpanzees do, where you have your sort of alpha male and then everybody else follows. And then there's a a sort of fight to see who gets to be the alpha male. Um, You know, in, in chimpanzee terms, I think it's our turn, our turn to be a bit more alpha and to actually you know, turn City over, you know, for once. Because I mean, we're going to start there. We'll talk about Benfica in in a little bit because I've got so much to talk about with that as well. But uh, the Manchester City games, both, you know, the the last one uh, and the next one. Fergus said he was disappointed. I I can I totally get that. But I the only thing that disappointed me was the fact that I just think we we looked a little bit, especially in the first 10, 20 minutes, even nervous and a little bit like, you know, we don't we don't almost. Um we lacked a bit of confidence, which is a strange thing to say from people like like Virgil van Dijk. Uh what do you reckon, Abdul?
1: Um, yeah, I think uh yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. That performance, the last performance against Manchester City, I was quite disappointed with it. I was quite vocal about my disappointment on uh in the first half, yeah, I was very vocal about you know, exactly what you were saying. We looked very timid. We looked like we were defending in ourselves. We weren't really um, confident in our defensive abilities. But I think uh, a lot of that was down to the fact that um, City, I think, were the best team that we faced this season who have exploited our high line. They were really, they clearly, in their build-up to the match, in their analysis, They targeted the fact that Liverpool play a very high line. And if you can get in behind that, you're pretty much one-on-one against Alisson. And they exploited that better than any team that we've played against this season, Um, just constantly. All that first half was just incredible balls over the top and very, very well-timed runs. And I think that kind of shook our defence because for a lot of this season, we've managed to really do well with that high line defence. And um, yeah, I think the players um i think it was the moment the the, mo, the moment uh there's a word for it but like um is the occasion sorry is the occasion and everything that was on the line in that match as well i went into the match thinking that the most important thing is that we don't lose that match because then i think the title would definitely most probably would have been like 80 percent done if we had lost the match yeah but getting the draw Uh, I think, was a good result for us. And I feel like the players felt the exact same thing. I think they just didn't want to lose the match. They didn't want the winning streak to come to an end um, or the not losing streak to come to an end. In terms of City and like the top teams, as Fergus was saying, overall, I think, yeah, uh, in the very biggest matches, we haven't managed to get that big win yet this season. And it's kind of strange because it doesn't really feel like it. Because we haven't lost against them, um, but I think I think it's kind of heightened by the fact that every other match isn't really a big match anymore. Like you were pointing out at the beginning, Owen. Man United isn't a big match anymore. You know, Arsenal isn't a big match anymore. Leicester isn't really a big match anymore. Even though I think we, we lost to them early in the season, but Tottenham isn't really a big match anymore. Even though we've dropped points against them. The teams that Liverpool can really compare themselves against and say this is a big match is now literally a very, very select pool. It's Chelsea, it's Manchester City, it's Real Madrid, it's Bayern Munich and that's it in all of Europe. That is it. Maybe PSG, but obviously they're not even at this stage of the competition in the Champions League. So, I mean, yeah, it's disappointing that we haven't won that match yet to assert ourselves as the alpha males of European football but then at the same time it's very hard uh because there are that we've only really got Manchester City and Chelsea who you can really assert ourselves against and i think yeah i want it's part of the reason why i want the champions league final to be liverpool versus manchester city or i mean i'd be happy with real madrid as well but i think liverpool versus manchester city would truly be the best football match on the planet and if we win that, there is absolutely no doubt in anybody's mind that Liverpool are the best team in Europe. So, yeah, um, I completely see where you're coming from, Fergus. I think possibly uh, it will come. And hopefully when it comes, it will come at the right right moment. So, yeah.
0: Great answer. Great answer. Absolutely, Abdul. It's, it's, it, there's so much to... There's so much to dream about, but yes, the fact that Villarreal got through Fergus um, against Bayern Munich, we cannot underestimate them, and we will not underestimate them. They've they, they've beaten Bayern Munich over two legs, which is which is um, a magnificent achievement, um, and they, uh, uh, you know, and they also got 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 past Juventus, where, where of course they were the underdog there, but it looks like. You know, if, if things go according to the favourites, then Liverpool are getting to the European final, um, in which case they may well play Manchester City again. Um, so against a bigger team then, Fergus, what would you like to change? I mean, last week we were uh, texting each other back and forth a little bit that we both didn't agree with the front three choice, um, and Jota ended up with around about, I'll check it, but it, around about a 50, maybe 60% passing accuracy, which you when you compare to, to Bobby Firmino, he's so much better at keeping the ball there, or even Sadio Mane as well is so much better at keeping the ball there. Um, is that something that you would like to change on Saturday, Fergus?
2: Yeah, definitely. It was Jota. I mean, it was at the very start. I Was surprised to see when you look at, when I looked at the lineup that Jota was starting, and um, I would have even texted you during the week and said, you know, I'd stick with the the OG uh, front three, which would have been uh, Mane, Firmino, and Salah. Uh, but Jota on the team sheet, very surprised at that, and it was borne out during the game. I mean, it was very frustrating watching him. He had uh, 53% pl- pass completion in that crucial number nine role. I think it was Diaz or the Stones, one of them, one of them, kept coming up behind him. They'd come right through him and take the ball off him almost every time he got it. Um, you, you know how good Sadio Mane is at using his body, his strength, to keep defenders off and to get an accurate pass back or away. To the left or right or back behind him and keep possession. Bobby does it, you, know, you could say, even better because he's got those, those magical feet where he can. Someone said last night uh, that he would, um, three players would surround him. They'd all think they tackled him and yet he'd still come out with the ball and they'd all be looking at each other saying, I thought you tackled him. No, I thought you tackled him. <laughs> does have that ability just to glide the pitch, keeping, pitch, uh, maintaining possession. So, yeah, Jota, I mean, frustratingly, Jota did have a really good game last night where he can turn where the, when the don't get tight and this run. Either put him in your or, or give it to him as long as he's not mar, uh, tightly marked, as he was against Man City. He'll spin and run towards goal. That's his game. Fair enough. He's very good at it. Um, but he clearly where giving them possession would cost us could cost us big time we we continually gave them possession through jota and i was very surprised that you know i'm a guy sitting there watching this on tv in the first half and i could see it after 20 minutes that jota was struggling not sure why Klopp left him on for 65 minutes now saying i could do Klopp's job good luck to him I, i love him for what he does and he's great at his job, but I was just really surprised by that. And I would hope that uh, on Saturday, uh, Bobby is playing. I think we rested quite a few players last night, as I said. Um, uh, Firmino hasn't had many minutes lately. He did play, I think, before, most uh, most of the match last night. So um, so yeah, uh, Bobby can, can do that. And as far as the Champions, the rest of the results, really one thing that gives me almost as much pleasure as a Liverpool win is uh, the schadenfreude of watching one of our big rivals lose or go out. And it was glorious watching Chelsea fall fall on their sword, and it was equally glorious. Uh, I didn't watch it, but hearing the um, Bayern Munich result, you know, hearing it come through. And last night I was actually, I switched over from the Liverpool game. I thought we had it won, even when it was getting sort of exciting to 3-2. And three all. I, made, I basically watched more of the Man City game last night uh, because I was really Atletico, and they they just almost got it. They almost got it. The second half they were, you know, they were really putting it on City. And last night they were within, you know, inches of of, um, of getting the one the one all. City would have been frustrated. They would have been crestfallen, taken to extra time. That would have also, um, so yeah, that's that's another one of my my joys in football, um, but yeah, as for Saturday, let's let's hope that's an um, FA Cup semi. It's the competition we're least interested in, so let's hope the shackles are off. He picks a uh, you know a team that's um, that's got plenty of legs, plenty of running. And I've had a rest and let's hope he picks a team that can go out against Man City and play carefree football Um, and uh, not get up to any strange tactics like we did against City last time.
0: Yeah, no, interesting stuff. Yeah, great, great answer. You're breaking up a little bit um, for me, but I, but I got, uh, you know, 98.5% and I think that's enough to understand um, exactly what you were saying there. And uh, yeah, Uh, what, what would you, I mean, what would you go for? Because, you know, is there any way that, Abdul, that, that, you know, this team could, these both of these teams, Manchester City and Liverpool, can actually serve up something resembling like a sane match of football? Because it's been battier than a Bruce Wayne daydream uh recently between the two the two clubs. I mean what would you do? Would you would you pick Nabi Cater, for example, who I want to talk about? I mean, I think Nabi's come into form. Would you pick him over Hendo and then play Tiago and, and Fabinho in midfield, for example? What would you go for in midfield and attack, Abdul?
1: I think uh Fogus made a great point there, at the back end of his answer, <clears throat> talking about um how the teams can go into this match uh, with a different kind of mentality to how they went into the previous match. So in the Premier League, like I said, it's really important we didn't lose that match. And I think Klopp was saying early in his press conference today that um, there were certain things that were happening in the match where the tactics were actually just from both sides were coming up against each other and negating each other, which was very boring for the fans, he said. But it was just really interesting tactical battle And um, I very much feel like both teams in the match in the Premier League that happened last weekend, it was very much a uh, trying to not lose, but also trying to create enough to win, but mainly just trying to not lose. Um, But in the match on Saturday, completely different perspective. It's a knockout tie. It's the FA Cup, the greatest cup competition in history. Both teams, I think, are going to play with a license to kill. They're both going to go for it. Um, so in regards to team lineup and team selection, um, I think, yeah, we rested Fabinho, Virgil, uh, who else? Uh, Trent. Yep, we rested
0: Mo Salah last night. Mo Salah and, and as Sadio. well.
1: And Sadio. Uh-huh. So they're all going to come back in. Um I think the question is, in that front three, uh, do we go Firmino or do we stick with Jota? Do we um, go with Diaz or do we just um, stay with Mo, Firmino and Salah? Uh, But I I think we will probably go with Mo, Firmino and Salah. And then in midfield, I think, yeah, I think we will probably see Navigator. I think he will finally be unleashed alongside Tiago. because uh, what we rotated them kind of this week. We started Tiago, Henderson, and Fabinho on the weekend. And then we started Cater last night. He played the full 90. Um, and he only played, I think, 10 minutes against City. So He's got his 90 minutes for the week, so he's going to probably come in and do another 90 minutes. Tiago's probably going to start. Fabinho's probably going to start. I think Henderson's played too many minutes already this week to start. Um, and then the, the usual back four. The only question back four is just Konate or Matip. I think probably... It might be Konate. It might be Konate. Just because Matip's played two 90s already this week. Um but I also wouldn't be surprised if it was massive. So yeah, I can see us going for Cater. I can see us going for Firmino, and I can see us going for D uh sorry, Mane instead of Diaz. Okay. So the classic I mean, but is that what you would do? Or that's what you think Klopp would do? I think I would do that as well. I would I want okay. I want Firmino to play. I think we did we do need his link up play to um and also, I don't. You're the stats guy, but I feel like Firmino has been scoring on an unbelievable rate this season. Not, um, he's on not eleven. Unbelie-
0: yeah, no, he's on eleven goals in all competitions, and I believe it's from thirty appearances. Um, I'm just going to bring them up in, with the exact minutes, the amount of minutes he's played and stuff. But uh, yeah, he's he's on eleven goals, which is his second most in in all of his years. At Liverpool, for in terms of the whole season, so he's already sure. up there um, with in terms of scoring. I mean, i I think with a performance like last night, he gets loads of plaudits from all the media and everybody. You know, whatever channel you're tuning into, I'm sure everyone was singing his praises. But we've been saying it and Cop on for a little while, and it's about time <laughs> that the rest of the world caught up with Cop on that. Bobby Firmino needs a new contract because he, if he has quietly been utterly brilliant all season, he's been absolutely fantastic back to his best. He just needed a rest. It turned out he mm. just needed to rejuvenate his, his batteries on his beautiful, you know, bling bling smartphone or, that, you know, it, that is his mind. And, Um, Yeah, so he's played uh, 18 Premier League games, uh, Mm. three FA Cup games, three EFL Cup games, Carabao Cup games this season and six Champions League games. So I don't know if you can do the math. Yeah, that's 30 matches he's appeared in. Yeah, he's. I can't do the maths for the minutes, but it's roughly 1,500 minutes. He scored 11 goals and he's got four assists. But of course, with Bobby, it's not always the stats. It wasn't in that 99 point season when he only got nine goals in the 99 point season because he. Um, just was so integral. Like you know, Liverpool with Bobby and Liverpool without Bobby are two very different animals. You know, one of them is a one of them is a snarling tiger, and the other mm. one is a is is uh, you know not exactly. You know, it's more like a a bear that can destroy when it wants to, but otherwise might just be looking to snaffle a uh, discarded lettuce head from the bin. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that metaphor. I don't know where I went with it. But, uh, you know, it is uh, it is what it is. Uh, Bobby Firmino um, has been sensational. So is that that's yeah. something we could learn from last week, though? The, the last match against Manchester City was that Jota, uh, he scored. Let's not <laughs> do him down, yeah, do any exactly. disservice. He scored a goal. He had more shots than anyone in that he had two shots against Manchester City. No yeah. one else managed that. Luis Diaz didn't even manage a shot, apparently, according to Whoscored.com. So, uh, yeah, that's one thing we could learn. And you think Cater as well? Because I'm very, I'm intrigued by Naby Lad because to me he looks, you know, like he's been he's been on the weights and he was zipping around. And the thing that really infuses me about Nabby Cater at the moment is that he looks fitter than he's ever been in the upper body as well as the lower body, and he was doing sprints on 80, 85 minutes yesterday. And I was so impressed with that. So he's been working so hard. Is he is he exciting you? I mean, you know, to get in, get in the team maybe ahead of Henderson, who wasn't that effective against Manchester City?
1: What I would say is I've always been Naby's, one of his biggest fans, even when he's been suffering from the critics. The thought of him not uh, making it at Liverpool um, always filled me with just, pure sadness because <laughs> I think he is an excellent, excellent footballer. Um the thing about Nabi is all right, I, I'm I'm a big lover of making big emphatic statements or outlandish statements. And I said one you last are in night.
0: the time and the place. You're in the right time and the right <laughs> place for making outlandish statements. Go
1: ahead. Last night I said about Thiago um on Watch LFC, I said he is um he is pure football. Everything that he does is an act of worship to the beautiful game, and we are not worthy of him. Uh, beautiful.
0: Beautifully put. Exactly. You're exactly right. It's, okay, so where is the big statement?
1: The big statement is with Nabi, I think genuinely, he is the most natural footballer in our squad. And that's with Thiago there as well, which is the, the absolutely mad thing. And what I mean by natural footballer is Let's do a comparison between Jordan Henderson and Nabi I know that's what we are originally doing, but I'm not trying to be harsh against Henderson. But you can see that Henderson learnt his game, put in a lot of time on a training ground, worked hard with the coaches up at Sunderland, at Liverpool, at the England training camps, developed all of his attributes, everything that he needed to do to become the top-level footballer that he is today, put in a lot of work for it. By the way, West Ham have just gone up against Lyon uh, in the 37th minute. So they're yeah. now leading on aggregate in the Europa League. So
2: well done yeah. to them.
1: Well done to West Ham. Uh, Nabi Keita is almost the complete opposite. Everything that he does, every single movement, every single pass, the positions that he takes up on the pitch. Um, The way that he makes himself available to his teammates in different phases of the build-up in really tight positions where he's surrounded by players but he's still making himself available because he knows that that's the right position for him to be in because if he gets the ball there it's a quick pass to Firmino or somebody else and that progresses our play nicely everything that he does like that was not really learned on a training ground maybe it was maybe of course like he's developed he's been coached so he's, he's learned all of that but also the way that he uses his body, his mannerisms, it just shows me that like it is just really natural to him, and that is exactly what I love about him and I think in this match coming on Saturday, I think it's gonna be something that's gonna be um really important I think if you really want to take the game to city, top level football it's all about the details, it's all about the margins and it's also about, and sorry, those details, those margins, they're all influenced by like the feeling of the match, right? You, you get a quick break in this situ- certain situation, you win a second ball or whatever, and like it can influence the match just that one little moment. And I think having somebody like Nabi on the pitch on Saturday is going to really help us uh, monopolize the feeling of the match. If we have both him and Thiago on the pitch, it's almost overkill. But I think you need it against Manchester City because they have so many high-quality players that they always dominate the feeling of the match, the mood of the match. But if we have Nabi and Thiago, I think we will have a very, very good shout of dominating the mood of the match. And I think that will definitely give us a better chance of winning the tie than having Henderson start. Saying that, I do want to say that I thought Henderson wasn't as bad as a lot of people made him out to be against City. I think he had a few good moments. He should have got an assist for that nice three ball that he played through for Jota, which Laporte put in an excellent challenge for. Um, and uh, yeah, in general, I think Henderson has actually impressed me by how how resilient he's been. Because I've been saying in this, in this podcast or this uh, show for months ago, I was like... His time is up nearly. We've got a full squad. We've got so many quality players. I can't see how he survives, but he's still there. He's still starting in the biggest matches. So kudos to Jordan Henderson. But honestly, I, I, think, to, I think this Saturday it has to be the time that Klopp finally says, Hendo, I'm going to go with Naby this time. And, and we finally get a domination of ballers in our midfield.
0: It's a brilliant answer. Um, and you mentioned comparing the two comparing henderson and cater i mean i've got stats in front of me from fbref.com is such a great site um, and what you were saying about natural being a natural footballer nabby cater I, I think that's brilliant i think he is um and it shows in the stats and and you know you could famously you know we 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 almost bought him off off the back of 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 the stats you know i think i i'm pretty sure i heard that somewhere i'm not just making it up that yeah. uh, you know it, all of his all of his metrics are always off the scale so for mm. example i've got i've got a, a full scouting report in front of me that measures so many metrics that uh, let's say for example 10 20 30 40 50 it 60 70 oh la la It goes on forever let's say for example there are about a hundred different metrics in front of me um which compares naby cater to every single midfielder in europe uh in the top five leagues in europe um And the higher the number, the better. So, for example, if you're in the 99th percentile, that means you're in the top 1% at whatever the metric is. Okay, so the higher number, the better, basically. And he scores um, 95 percentile. He's in the top 5% in all of Europe in, uh, let me just count them, one, two, three, quite a few 94s, 93s, 92s. Uh, one, two, three. 3, oh, blimey, 4, 5, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, <clears throat> 13, 14, 15, wow. 16. It goes on and on and on and on. But wow. roughly about 20 of these, he's in the top 5%. One, you know, so that's. Statistically, that's absolutely amazing because for Jordan Henderson, I've just had a look at his. And uh, basically, it's roughly uh, five for Jordan Henderson. And Mm. he's remarkably low in terms of pressures in the defensive third. He's he's only got in the second percentile. So 98% of players are better than him at sort of hassling in our own defensive third and winning the ball. He never wins the ball back. He never wins a tackle. He's in the 1%, the first percentile for, oh, um, for, for tackles actually, I Jordan can't... Henderson, which is very, very surprising, right?
1: That's mental. I mean, you would, you would think about Jordan Henderson as maybe a, a bit more of a defensive player, but basically exactly. in the final, in our final third, when mm-hmm. we're defending, we're up against the mm-hmm. cosh. He isn't Mm -hmm. that effective, basically. That's what that says. And
0: he never wins a tackle. And that's it. This is exactly why people who say, you know, oh, people who just look at the stats, blah, 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 blah. If you just use your eyes, then you don't know. (laughs) Hmm. if if you use the stats then you have the data and of course you can use stats in different ways and how people interpret stats is a big key thing that that we need to understand and and, uh, making sweeping statements from stats is mm, mm, always a dubious thing to do but what we can say is that yes Henderson's Defensive contribution, uh, his uh, reputation exceeds the reality in terms of actual tackles and actual pressures when we're under the cosh, as you wow. said. Um, so, yeah, it's, I find that all of that very, very interesting. Um, I actually watched the Manchester City. Uh, league game, Manchester, the two-two, um, in the company, weirdly, of Samir Nasri, wow. and uh, <laughs> yeah, well,
1: legend, legend uh, of the game.
0: Hang on, hang on, Samir Nasri. And uh, Habib bay I don't know you're too young to remember Habib Bay, he played for Newcastle and Aston Villa as a defender. Uh, he was a good player. He's a really nice guy as well. Samir Nasri, very nice guy as well. But the third person I watched with was 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 a real legend, and that's okay. Florence Cinema Pongo.
1: Wow, what exactly. a throwback. <laughs>
0: exactly oh. and what a throwback so there you go so um i i was watching with them and of course i was invited i was there were a couple of other people there as well there was a host of uh, uh the show here in france on canal plus a really nice guy as well and and david who was my old student who was uh um, producer who's a producer there who invited me. So I'm obviously the guy who knows nothing compared mm. to these ex-pros. So I kept my voice down when Sammy and Asri were saying, you know, and of course we know Trent can't defend.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. He was saying that. Yeah. He said that. Nah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Ah, exactly. Oh. Because this is what they do. The ex-pros, <laughs> we're not supposed to know anything, but they judge everything by the fact that we play the high line. Mm um mm. and we play the high line because we're an attacking team and we prefer to score more goals than the opposition and mm. that's why our xg is 3 and three goals scored and one against this season if you look in all of the matches our xg is we should score 3 on average and we should concede one mm. cuz uh, you know we give away chances because we're playing the high line but Trent is actually really good at recovering if you if you look at the actual data, and he's really, really good one-on-one defender. He's absolutely fantastic. Anyway, I'm talking a lot. Um, but the, you know, it, <laughs> I want to talk about the Champions League. Mm. Um, because if, uh, you know, Manchester City match last week was, was uh, as I said before, as, you know, as batty or even battier than a Bruce Wayne Daydream. I would say that last night's match against Benfica was <laughs> a, as nutty as a squirrel dropping. Yeah. And um, the only place to 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 start talking about the Champions League, that whole tie for me was in the eighty-second minute when it was suddenly three-three. And Darwin Nunes on Sky Italia after the game, he said. That Allison save, that was incredible. I swear to you, I saw the ball going in <laughs> and then it wasn't. That's what Darwin Nunes said about that save. And for me, that was the moment where I was calm because they needed two goals, but had it gone to, they just needed one goal with eight minutes plus additional time left. I would have started panicking and I reckon everyone would have in the ground and everyone would have got nervous. It would have transmitted to the players. That was the turning point in a game that was absolutely mental for me. Um, You could talk about that moment. You could talk about anything you like. You can talk about the brilliant Darwin Nunes, 22 years old. Don't go over you like with it Abdul.
1: Well, um first thing I can I I think we have to say about that match was uh Kostas Simikas and shout out to alan in the comments who uh wanted to give a big shout out to Simikas uh cuz yeah, he deserved it. Um before the match, I was actually one of the people who said um yeah, we do actually need to rotate the team a lot tonight. Uh, I don't want to see Virgil. I don't want to see Fabinho. I don't want to see Salah. I don't want to see Trent. Um, but the one player I didn't want us to drop was Robbo. I felt like it might be a bit too sticky to drop out Robbo as well as all of those players. And when I saw the lineup and I saw Simicaster's in there, I was like, okay, Klopp is a bit more ballsier than me because I would, I would not have done that. But by literally, I think, the 13th minute, I was just like, why was I even worried? Like, every time that Costa steps onto the pitch, there is just no fear around him making a mistake. And I was always a big fan of Alberto Moreno. I know that he, uh, he cost us a few matches with some brain fart moments, and people didn't like how precarious it felt defending when we had him in our side. Um, I was a really big fan of him. Uh, but the, the upgrade with Costas is absolutely immense. I can't even say anything more than that. Like, and I think I saw some mad stat yesterday posted by Sam Maguire talking about how he's probably got uh, the highest, no, he has the highest um, uh, X assisted shots of anybody in our team. So his passes lead to more shots than anybody else in our team. And um yeah, like he's just he's just been just an unbelievable signing. Another one from Michael Edwards' laptop, which we just cannot fault. And then personally as well, he's just such a good lad and everybody loves him in the squad. He has no calms about sitting on the bench when Robbo's there taking the position. And when he comes into the team, he does an absolutely top-class job. So Kostas Simikas, you've got to give him all the credit for tomorrow uh, last night. Um, then what else should I talk about? Uh... Yeah, it was just very, in general, the amount of changes that we made and then the performance that we put in and then being able to get the result, just such a, such a great positive. And I think it was actually quite a good moment for our team to like stand up and say, like, we don't actually need to start uh, the starting eleven in every single match to get the result anymore. We are now a very mature team. Uh, we can rotate. We have a very strong squad. And in the recent past in Europe, like, I think the only teams who have really been able to say that are Man City, um, Real Madrid, maybe Bayern Munich, but maybe not even them. Uh, So, yeah, I think, yeah, it's just a really nice kind of milestone for us to say we can change seven players. We can leave Virgil on the bench and Trent and Salah and Fabinho, you know, five of the best players in the world in their positions or like literally the best players in the world in their positions and still get the result in a Champions you, League quarter-final. So,
0: sorry, did you say Sadio on that list? Or did you omit Sadio? Cause he I said five.
1: I said five. I said five. But, I okay. mean, I was thinking about Robbo. But, <laughs> no, yeah, well, Sadio. there you go.
0: Yeah, Sadio, I put him up there with the best in the world. I really would.
1: I, I genuinely think, like, for the last three years, he has been the best left-winger in the world. Like, yeah, I, I don't think there's any... You could say Neymar, and I really well, do like Neymar, yeah, but... I mean. Neymar and Mbappe as well. I mean, okay. Mbappe
0: is is a level above uh, most people, but um, but uh, you know, Mané is you know he's up there. He's world class. He's a world class talent. It depends on your definition of world class, uh, but uh, for me, he's world class. He would get into. I mean, you know, PSG. He would get into the team. They'd find a way. Yeah, uh, he's he's way better than, uh, for example, Neymar. Uh, mm. in my opinion, but um, absolutely. Uh, Gary's in the chat as well. Thanks uh, for being with us, Gary. Great to have you with us. He's talking about Naby being a bo- is a box-to-box midfielder who can hurt teams. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, and Kostas is brilliant. Absolutely. I just tried to Google the Greek Scouser uh, on Google Translate, and apparently in Greek you say elinika Skoua. For a Greek scouser, Elinika Skoa. So somebody make a flag, please. Um, with the with the Greek letters, which look amazing as well. Um, so yeah, uh the Champions League, Villarreal next, you know, the yeah. yellow submarine, good evening, uh, Albi Moreno, mm. you know, get out Manchester, all <laughs> of that stuff. Uh, that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but uh I'm I'm I I approach that match with trepidation um because you know it's the one where we we're, we're likely to be as complacent as we can be mm. but uh, but with this team i think they they we're just so good at adapting to any situation and and finding a way and we do have clinical players and i would suggest for example that jotta would be good for that game because he's so clinical and he gets so many shots away you know um so he's he's the opposite of most players, because most players find everything difficult. Sorry, they find everything pretty easy because they're professionals. Apart from putting the ball in the net, yes, but Jota—he's no problem to put the ball in the net. But everything else is a little bit, I don't know, difficult. But he's great. I mean, he's great. Anyway, are you? He's a fascinating player. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and he's brilliant, and he's so effective. But uh, and I wouldn't change him. I mean, and when you think now he's fifth choice, maybe yeah. uh, behind <laughs> behind yeah. those
1: four crazy ones. I mean, an embarrassment of riches. An embarrassment. And any way and you can talk about it, yeah.
0: An embarrassment. It really is. It's it's shameful almost. Um, so um, but yeah, the Real Real. We are going to say we are huge favourites for that tie. We should. I am confident that we're going to get uh to the Stade de France for the final. Um, my word, that's going to be great um and
1: he's going to put me up in paris owen because uh, there's no chance I'm staying in the uk for that one. I li-
0: I live in a studio apartment but we have a we have a sofa bed and consider it yours oh, uh, wow. so there you go you're more than welcome Abdul yeah absolutely Love it. um so any any of the listeners sorry uh,
1: <laughs> i just took I it, mean,
0: it Yeah, Abdul's just 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 got it He's just got in there. Uh, but uh, you know that's I would, would you say that that's our best chance of silverware now that we're one point behind City and City do have an easier run in? Or do you think, you know, we've got every chance with the FA Cup coming up?
1: I don't even, is it, to say that the Champions League is the easiest chance of silverware, <laughs> what a statement. What a statement. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, no. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, if you want to look at it, like, yeah, you can absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, first things first, you've got to say Unai Emery. I don't know what it is. I don't know what, what happened, what miracle well he fell down as a kid. But when it comes to Europe, that guy just knows. He just knows how to do Europe. And so just for that reason, can't count him out. Um, the ultimate tactical, you know, just... The crazy guy living in the white room writing stuff all over the walls. I'm sure he's got something special up his sleeve for Liverpool. So it's it's gonna be a fascinating tie just to see what Villarreal do. But yeah, you've got to you've got to expect that Liverpool have enough for them in the tank over two legs. The only thing that's a slight disadvantage for us is the fact that it's a home leg second. So we actually have to really put it to bed in the first leg, especially now with the whole timing shenanigans that Klopp's been complaining about this last week, talking about we have Newcastle at 12. 12.30, good God, yeah. yes.
0: Absolutely. Uh-huh.
1: So that's going to be a factor in it as well when it comes to our recovery. So we really want to put that match away in the first leg, get Anfield behind us and everything, and, you know, not really worried too much. But it is going to be a tight, tight, tight game. We're going to need our best footballers on the pitch that day, because I'm sure is going to come out low block. He won't want to concede that many goals. So yeah, I can see us playing an adventurous team in that match. We might even see Harvey Elliott come back in from the cold um, just to do something. Don't know what, but Klopp always says when we've got like a tight game like that, he just throws in Harvey for some reason. Um Yeah, I, I think, yeah, we should, we should get to the Champions League final. I don't even want to say it though, you know, I don't want to get complacent myself. I'm not even playing. I don't want to get complacent. But, yeah, it's just... <laughs> It's just such a just such a, yeah, just if it was Bayern Munich, I would have been I think possibly slightly happier just because I wouldn't have cared if we didn't get to the final because, you know, it's Bayern Munich. Like, fair enough. We lost the match. Lewandowski scored two, two worldies. But now there's an expectation on us to get to that final. So, yeah, now there's a bit more of a worry around it in my opinion. But, yeah, I think you're right. It should be our easiest route to a final. And then to be fair, whoever we face in the final, what a team. Benzema just doing bits for for Real Madrid at the moment or Manchester City who are, you know, our perennial rivals. So, yeah, uh, it's just mad. Just mad. Honestly, I don't know what to make of this season. It's just all mad.
0: But but genuinely though, I mean, you know, if you compare it to the FA Cup, because the other the other semi final, which I didn't even know until I just googled it, was is Chelsea Crystal Palace. So it let's assume Chelsea get through, then we have to beat Manchester City and then Chelsea to win the FA Cup. Um but then so surely beating Villarreal and then either City or Real Madrid is 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 easier. And also in the league, I mean City, I mean I can tell you they're running Right now but it's uh it's not very uh it's not very tricky compared to ours I, I don't think so i mean really is it do you think it's the easiest it's the easiest one to win at this point
1: yeah i guess i guess yeah if you want to just look at it on paper like that but what about the factor of you know we have to play two games against Villarreal? real does that mm. make it slightly harder
0: i think it makes it easier yeah, um, I, guess. I think or, if we had a, if we had had a, a second leg against even Sevilla a few years ago, talking about Emery overcoming Klopp before, I mean, I think if we if we had had a second leg, we could have overturned a two a two goal deficit against them. I thought I, I would have thought, but uh...
1: yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I guess yeah, now yeah, fair enough. It is our easiest route to some silverware, but yeah, to be fair, it is literally all in our hands. If we win every single game. That we have left all of our 12 games we will at least win two trophies yeah uh yeah and possibly even three because i don't i've said it uh somebody asked me for an interview via watch lfc like what do i think about the quadruple uh-huh. and my reply to that was i think both city and liverpool will probably drop points between now and the end of the season mm-hmm. it's just who's going to drop more points so yeah i think it is really all in our hands if we just follow the clock mantra of just one game at a time, I think we're going to end up with three trophies at the very least two. So yeah, I, I can't complain at all. It's
0: absolutely brilliant. I mean, we've got so much to dream about. Um um, we're going to wrap it up, really, because uh, you know it's it, we've been we've been talking for an hour, and it's it's been so nice though to talk about these things because they've been, you know, circulating in my head. As I'm sure they have lots of the listeners as well. It's like, wow, this is so exciting! It's so brilliant! It's so wonderful to to have all these dreams at this late stage. It's the 14th of April. We're still on for winning possibly everything. Um, Ma- but Manchester City. Um, the they, their remaining fixtures in the Premier League are Wolverhampton Wanderers away, which is going to be very difficult. Then they're mm. playing Brighton at home, Watford at home, Leeds away, Newcastle at home, uh, West Ham away and Villa at home. So I would say Wolves, West Ham and Villa are the three most difficult ones they have left on paper. But... You never know. It's football. This is why we watch it. It's unpredictable. Uh, but uh, I just want to thank you very much, Abdul. You, you can, uh, you know, everyone should follow at watch underscore LFC if you don't already on Twitter for some wonderful, wonderful Liverpool content. Um, is What's going on at Watch these
1: days? Nothing. I think we're just batting down the hatches, bracing for the storm that's going to be this final month and a bit, this final sprint. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're getting good numbers nowadays actually. We just hit 150,000 followers. Um, it's been a long time since we were suspended, so <laughs> fingers crossed, that will last, and uh, we'll have some lovely victory parade content for you come the summer. Oh yes.
0: So oh, yes. Imagine the parade. It's going to be, oh. you know, with the one from the past that we didn't get to do. Absolutely unbelievable. Gary's just come in with a, a final, final question. Does Darwin Nunes fit into Klopp's system? Very simple answer. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yes. Absolutely. We, we. I'm not happy with five or potentially if you include Origi and Minamino, seven entirely competitive uh, attacking players. I would like Darwin Nunez. Just bring eight. them all in. Eight. Yeah, we'll play a 1-1-8 we'll one, one, with Virgil, Tiago, and then those eight. And we're going to win everything. Um, uh, thank you very much, Abdul. Take care. And thanks a lot for everyone watching on YouTube. And everybody listening, do get in touch, cop on podcast at gmail.com. It's been an absolute pleasure. We've got so many games to look forward to. They're all coming thick and fast. And, uh, you know, let's slurp them down with relish. Thanks, everybody. You'll never walk alone.